Welcome to the teaching ministry of Steve Franklin. Steve's calling is to coach champions in the kingdom of God. Our prayer for you as you listen to this word of encouragement and instruction is that you'll be built up in your faith and encouraged to take the next step in your development as one of God's true champions. Here's Steve. Talking about don't let the spiritual grinches steal your joy. Your joy. We defined joy. Joy is not in your mind. True spiritual joy is not in your mind. It's not in your emotions. That's enjoyment. You can feel enjoyment in your emotions and in, even in your mind. It's part of your soul. But real joy is deposited in your inner man, your spirit man, by the Holy Spirit. Galatians 5.22 tells us that the fruits of the Spirit are love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, long-suffering, self-control. Joy is a product of the Holy Spirit, the very witness of Jesus, in your spirit man. And what I found is, if I depend on my soul, that is my mind, what I'm thinking about, my emotions, how I feel, if I allow that to define my joy, I'm in trouble. Because circumstances and situations are always changing. Pressures from the outside will always change the inside if you don't focus and allow what's on the inside to be your barometer of what you're supposed to be feeling. So here's the fact. I cannot feel joyous, but I can connect with the joy that's on the inside of me and not be all giddy and, and, and happy and dancing around. Spiritual joy is a spiritual force. It is a deposit deep on the inside of you, and it really has nothing to do with your circumstances. I love Proverbs, uh, I'm Psalm 18 that says, In thy presence there is fullness of joy. So when we go into the presence of God through prayer, through worship, through praise, through the confession of the Word of God, there is joy manifested. And it doesn't start on the outside. It rises up from the inside for the believer. We talked about the first two sessions on this, uh, about how it is not enjoyment. It is not an emotion. It is a spiritual force. We talked about the, the thieves, the spiritual grinches that would steal our joy. One of them being condemnation. The enemy and your own flesh loves to condemn you, to tell you how unworthy you are, uh, to instantly re replay all your mistakes. Can I tell you something? According to the book of Hebrews in chapter 13, if you have made Jesus the Lord of your life, and He is your Lord, and you trust and depend on Him as your Lord, if you keep on confessing sin that is already that you've already confessed, he don't know what you're talking about. 
because he's chosen to forget our sins according to the Word of God. Hallelujah. Well, Pastor, he's omniscient. How could he forget my sin? Because he's also omnipotent and he can do whatever he chooses. And he's chosen in Christ because of the blood of Christ shed for you. If you'll trust him and receive it as a gift of God's grace. Hallelujah. It grants us strength and energy and perseverance. James 1, 2 says, Count it all joy when you encounter various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith develops perseverance. Condemnation. Even our culture. Um, I don't know how many, if you've watched any television or looked on the internet, and you don't know that there is something called a culture uh, that is built around Christmas, um, <laughs> I, I don't know, something, you may be going to a neurologist, because it's everywhere. But how many of you know that our culture can put pressure on you to do things and buy things and perform out of the fear of disappointing someone. The Lord never meant for you to be held hostage by the fear of disappointing someone. He meant for you to recognize and celebrate the real reason for the advent for Christmas and that is the birth and coming of the light of this world. And to focus on Jesus. Not on not disappointing someone else. How many of you know if you're focused on not disappointing someone else, you will not walk under the Lordship of Christ. In fact, all you'll continue to do is to walk in fear that you'll never be enough. You'll never be enough to satisfy somebody else. Don't give anybody the place that Jesus deserves in your life. Nobody can make you eternally happy but Jesus. If you insist on believing that somebody or something, if you just had that, life would be okay, you are missing what life is all about and deceived. The first thing always should be our relationship to the only one who loved us and gave himself for us. We talked last time about the Grinch of conflict and contention. You can't be in this world without conflict. You say, well, Pastor, I don't go looking for conflict. You don't have to. It'll come looking for you. But there's a difference in conflict and ongoing strife and contention. We talked about last time, don't, don't be, Proverbs said it like this, for lack of kindling the fire goes out. Stop throwing logs on the fire of strife. And as far as it lies within you, be at peace. And refuse to get in contention. It doesn't mean that you have to give up your, your stand. It doesn't mean that you have to give up your convictions. 
In fact, uh, last week we talked about a biblical example of Paul the Apostle and his dear, dear, dear friend and fellow Apostle Barnabas who came to a point in their lives where there was a contention so strong that they couldn't walk together anymore. How about that? And last week, and I'll let you go back to the YouTube or whatever or the website and listen to it, we talked about what God did in that situation. And what, I, what we found out is how to deal with hurt. Last week we went in steps to deal when you're really hurt. Everybody's going to get hurt. And it can be deep. Forgiveness as an act of your will through faith between you and Jesus is essential. But forgiveness and restoration are not always the same thing. Just because there's forgiveness doesn't mean that there will automatically be a restoration of things the way they used to be. We talked about that. We gave scriptural support for how to handle hurt last time. So today, we want to talk about really and truly at the essence of joy, how do I connect with it and stay connected? Well, the beautiful thing is that in your relationship with the Holy Spirit, if you continue to walk with the Spirit of God, you'll have joy begin to manifest itself stronger and stronger. There are some scriptures that I believe are on, the, uh, on our um, deal there. Can we put them up? Romans 8, verse 16, says that the Spirit bears witness with our spirit. That is, if you're a believer, you've trusted Christ as your Savior, the Spirit Himself is bearing witness in your deep inner spirit man that you're a child of God. Don't let anybody or anything or any demon of hell or any guilt in your own flesh keep you from knowing that deep down in your spirit that if you've trusted Christ as your Lord, the Holy Spirit Himself is bearing witness deep in your spirit that you're a child of God. And don't let your, your present circumstances lie to you and say, if you were a child of God, this wouldn't have happened to you. The dear personification of God's character, the Son of God, suffered on your behalf. Somewhere deep down in your spirit there is a witness and it's true. The spirit of truth is bearing witness. You're my child. And if you're my child, then you're an heir. You're an heir of God. An heir of God's love. An heir of God's joy. An heir of God's peace. An heir of God's future in heaven with Him. You're an heir of everything He's provided for His children. 
Not only that, you're a joint heir with Christ. You know what that means, Joe? If you're a joint heir, that means everything Christ has, you're going to get. I've said this a million times. You got a joint bank account? It doesn't mean it's half yours and half hers. It means it's all yours and it's all hers. You might better make some corrections back there, Otis. Funny what you learn in church, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. A jo- <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's all hers and all yours. Uh. <laughs> uh. But <laughs> oh, thank you, Jesus. Well, the good thing is, <laughs> y'all didn't know your pastor had a sense of humor, did you? <laughs> oh boy! If you're a joint heir with Christ, it means that everything that Christ represents and has won on your behalf belongs to you. If we suffer with Him, what does that mean? What does it mean if we suffer with Him? That means, Jesus said, if you want to follow me, you got to deny yourself, take up your cross, and follow me. There's some suffering in denying what you want and what you think and following Jesus. It's suffering. I told you last week how painful it was for me to forgive some folks. Man, you've got to get serious about whether or not you're going to follow Jesus or whether you're going to follow your own thoughts and your own emotions. Yeah. But there is a witness on the inside of you that you are God's child if you belong to Him and that you are an heir of God. So if you're worried about not being taken care of, you need to get serious about your commitment to the Lord because he says you're an heir, his heir, and a joint heir of his son. Um, There's an inner witness on the inside of you about the incredible love of God. Can we go to the next one? Romans 8, in all these things, and there was a list of things before that of difficult situations. Look at verse 38. I'm persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, demonic beings, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing, no distance shall be able to separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. The love of God is bearing witness on the inside of you. And that, if you know that you're loved by God, that's a source of joy right there. That's a source of joy. The whole world can be falling apart, going to hell in a handbasket. But if you've got the witness of the love of God on the inside of you, you can get through anything. Nothing can separate you from the love of God. You say, I don't know, I don't feel that, Pastor. Well, you should because Romans 5, 5 says, the Spirit of God has poured out the love of God in your heart. The love of God has been poured out in your heart by the Holy Spirit. 
there's an inner witness. There's also a witness that you have a present and eternal victory. Look, if I know that in the end I'm going to win, I can get through some things. 2 Corinthians 2.14 says, Thanks be to God who always leads us in His triumph in Christ Jesus. Do you know the Lord is always working for your victory? Always working in Christ Jesus. There is a God-given anticipation that comes from the Spirit of God on the inside of the believer through faith. I love this Romans 15, 13. May the God of hope. Now let me give you all a definition of hope because some of you are going through desperate situations. What is hope? Hope is is on the ins- real godly hope is on the inside of you. And it is an eternal reach for something you don't see yet. Hope is an eternal reach. It is it's an energy on the inside of you from the Holy Spirit that reaches for a result you don't see yet. I hope for restoration. I hope for financial blessing. I hope. I hope. I hope. I am reach. I believe there's an inner witness in me that keeps me reaching for something I don't see yet. That's hope. And when God speaks to that hope, faith comes by. And hearing by the, when faith speaks his word into that hope, then you've got substance. You already know you have it before you see it. Some of you all are praying for your children. And you have desperate hope in your heart and in your prayer. It's in your spirit. It keeps on reaching for a result you don't see yet. But somewhere along the line, as you continue to pray and press in, the Spirit of God may speak His Word to you, and He may say something as simple as, it is done. Now there's substance in there, and you can say, thank you, Lord, that you're at work to bring my son, my daughter, to the knowledge of you, and to that place of restoration that I've prayed for for all these years. Hope is the thermostat for faith. Hope reaches for a result it doesn't see yet in the natural. And faith comes in and says, it's done, you got it. Does that make sense to you? God-given anticipation that comes out of the Spirit of God through faith. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing. Joy and peace are cousins. If you have joy, peace comes with joy. May He fill you with all joy and peace in believing. It requires you to believe God by faith that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. 
You can't produce hope and you can't sustain hope. But you don't have to because it happens by the power of the Holy Spirit who lives in you as a believer. So you cry out to the Lord, Lord, Holy Spirit of God, I pray that you would manifest that hope, that joy and peace in me today by your power. The Holy Spirit is glad to do that. That's His promise. But how do I keep on, how do I really experience that joy? Are you, re, are you ready for this? To experience joy, to experience what you already have, you've got to learn to rejoice. Um... You had to redress yourself today. You had to re-enter your vehicle and re-get here today. There are a lot of things you have to redo. How many of you know that to connect with what you already have, you already have the joy of the Lord on the inside if you know Jesus, to reconnect with that joy, you've got to learn to rejoice. How do you do that? Philippians 4 tells us, Rejoice in the Lord always. And again I say rejoice. Let your under control spirit be known to all men. The Lord is right here, right now. He's at hand. Do not be anxious about anything. Instead, what? listen, in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known to God. Do you know what happens when you begin to give thanks? You get your eyes off you. And on to Him. As dark as it may be in your life, you can find something to give thanks for. When you give thanks and you stay in a place of giving thanks, it changes your perspective because you get your mind off you and on to Him. There's healing there. It's therapy. It comes through thanksgiving and praise. Praise is Worshiping the Lord, giving Him honor and glory and praise for who He is and what He does. You do that through prayer, through singing a song of praise to the Lord, just you and Him. It can be corporately, but it can, it can be uh, individually and should be. To confess the Word of God, because you know, when you confess the Word of God, you're speaking life into your situation. The Word of God's full of life and power in His presence. There's fullness of joy. So to experience daily and practically the joy of the Lord, we have to rejoice. It is an act of our will that connects with our faith in His person, His power, His promises on the inside of us. I want you to just take a minute now. And I want you to... Deborah, praise team, I want us to to sing that little song together. I just want to praise you. I just want to praise you. There's no better way... To give the Lord thanks, but then through the expression of a song from your heart and 
through the reception of Holy Communion. Now I want to say something here today. In this church, the reception of Holy Communion is, is for everybody who's a believer in Jesus. It doesn't mean you're a member of this church or that church or this denomination or that one. I want you to know today that this recept, the, the receiving of this communion is not about belonging to a certain church or denomination. It's about a high expression of thanksgiving to your Lord. That's what I want you to focus on today. It is an expression of giving thanks to the Lord as you receive the broken body and shed blood of Jesus, giving Him thanks for His love for you and provision. We sing this little chorus together. I just want to praise you. Lift my hands and say I love you. Sing it together. to give the Lord thanks here at Christmas and give Him the praise that He is the author of life and light. He's your Lord. He's the reason for this season. Ask Him to enable you to connect with His joy. And Father, we hereby commit these elements from a common use to a holy use. We worship you and give you a high expression of praise today through this communion time in Jesus' name. Amen.
placed my hope alive in me and worthy 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 i'm caught up in the glory of all that you are and all that you've done jesus the lamb of god oh what a savior you took the and made it a table nothing can separate what you bring together now and forever i will remember now and forever i will remember first Sunday of January and as I as I told you uh, Emmanuel Marsh will be uh, giving us a, a great mini series in January start the year off nine ingredients to personal growth in the Lord looking forward to that I know you are as well you know um, I told I've said this before Deborah was told by Dina that that first song, and if you weren't here for the first song, you missed it. <laughs> Jesus, what a wonderful child. That gets me going every year. But it wouldn't really be Christmas time without a rendition of Oh Holy Night. So I want us to just uh, have a prayer. Deborah's going to sing this as our closing song today. And I want you to. Just focus on the Lord and worship the Lord, remembering that on this special night when God invaded this earth in human flesh, it was and is a holy, holy entrance. 
a holy time. We give the Lord thanks for that.
with God. He's going with you. We'll see you in 24. You can access more of Steve Franklin's teachings online at www.sfmin.com.